0: Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. Didn't we just have that in Enoch? Enoch walked with God. He walked with them all the way home to heaven, right? Enoch walked with God, and he was taken to heaven. Noah walks with God. And he is left behind because we need his help. Because we need a righteous man to save the day. Not all the righteous can be taken away. Some must stay behind to help us to save the day. This is Noah. Verse 10. Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I believe Noah's sons are just like their father. I think God says, this is the family. I will restart life through these eight people. Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives will do a do-over. And we'll start all over again. Have you ever had to restart a marriage, restart a job, restart a family, restart in a new community, restart a ministry, restart your life. God, I've made a mess of it. It's broken, it's nasty, it's wicked. I give it to you and God makes you born again and gives you a brand new life, a brand new start. You are a new creation in Christ. The whole world is gonna be a redo. God's going to wash it and scrub it clean. Verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. I've had enough, it's gotten too bad. Have you been there in a horrible place? I've seen people come to the end of their sin, it's like, Pastor, my addiction, my vices, my crimes, my evil, I just, I can't keep living like this. I I wanna destroy myself, I wanna kill myself. That's not the answer. The answer is to give your heart, to give your life to Christ and let him wash you with his blood, let him cleanse you, let him remake you. Let's do it all over again. Let's start out with Jesus, let's start out with God. Let the water of the word wash you clean. Let the Holy Spirit create in you a new spirit, a cleansing. Right, God says man has become too corrupt, too nasty, too perverse. This is not what I had intended. And so God's going to make it new. He makes all things new. Receive God's plan of salvation. And his key figure in the plan is Noah. Verse 13. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. I have a plan, Noah. I reveal it to you. I'm going to end all this sin and all the sinners with it. Verse 14. Make for yourself an ark, a boat of gopher wood, You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch." The author of Genesis is Moses, and this word ark is the same word for his little basket that his mother prepared for him. And she lined it with pitch and she made it watertight because the Pharaoh of Egypt said all the Jewish boys must die. Drown them in the Nile River. Well, she kind of hid him for a while. She couldn't kill her beautiful baby boy, his pudgy little face, you know. But she thought, the law says I must throw him in the river. But I'll make him a little ark, right? a basket. I'll make it watertight. I'll put it on the banks. I'll send my daughter to watch and guard it. And I'll kind of put him in the river with protection so that he will not die. And Moses is writing the story of the ark, and maybe it's bringing him back. I was in an ark. God saved me, and God will save Noah and his family. This is how you're to design it. This is heaven's blueprints. Follow my plans. Yes. Verse 15. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Now, the ancients would measure with their arm. From your elbow to your middle finger, that length is a cubit. It is roughly one and a half feet or 18 inches, depending on the size of your arm. Now. Mine, I have to put my fingers down and I measured mine. Mine is 18 inches, but if I put my middle finger up and my fingers up, it's a little bit more because I'm taller, right? But roughly, your builders are building about the same size because their arms and their hands are about the same length. This is how you measure. So if you do the math on these cubits, we roughly get 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall. It is roughly, speaking in general, like football fields. You know how the size of a football field? Roughly, because of the three decks, it will be three football fields, one on top of another, which can easily provide for the eight and the animals of the world, a sampling, the couples of each species to protect them. And as we look at the dimensions, it is a one-to-six ratio which is considered perfect for boating today. And many of our boats are built one-to-six ratio. I don't know if we copied Noah, but here it is, verse 16 you shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower second and third decks. Three stories, one window up high. Don't put the window down low, (laughs) right? Don't do the the bottom uh, glass bottom boats, you know, we're gonna be in trouble. Put the door on the side. One door. It's God's door. God's going to have it open and God's going to be the one who shuts it. So Noah won't have to carry the responsibility of who gets in. Verse 17. Behold I, even I am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life. From under heaven, everything that is on the earth shall perish. God's taking responsibility. God is bringing the destruction. Noah is bringing the salvation. You see it? He's going to be the one to save. God's going to be the one to destroy. And he takes full responsibility. 18. But I will establish my covenant, my promise, my with you. God makes a promise to Noah. I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna take care of you. Do you know when you become a Christian there's hundreds of promises in God's book. It's a promise book written to you. God has promises when you become a believer, when you're obedient, when you follow him, you follow his plan. He has promises. I'll take care of you, I'll work it out, I'll recreate, I'll fix it, I'll heal you. It'll work out. I'll bring you home to heaven. And for many, I'll even rapture you when I come, and you will escape death. It's the promises of God, a covenant. And you shall enter the ark, you and your sons, and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Eight total, right? I'm going to start over with this family. Verse 19. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. This is my plan. I'll send the animals. I'll command them. They'll come in lines and you keep the door open. Male and female, they'll propagate, they'll repopulate the new clean earth. This is miraculous, this is amazing. Verse 20, of the birds after their kind and of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. I believe Genesis is the first account of the flood. Throughout history, all over the globe, different cultures have their stories of the flood. How could they all know because the flood was global, because the flood happened all over the earth in all these cultures and places, and they all have their version of God's universal flood, which wipes out all mankind. It's a redo. You know, you can go to some of the tallest mountains on the earth, and find fossils of sea creatures. How in the world did they get way up there? The flood, right? Verse 21, As for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible and gather it to yourself for it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. You chose the right one, Lord. Noah's obedient. Noah follows the plan. You know, if it was us, we'd probably be, let's put the window in a different place. I like the glass bottom boat, you know. Let's put other doors. Let's put some sails. We need a rudder and a steering wheel. I mean, we'd probably foul up the whole thing, right? You've got to follow God's plan exactly to the T, exactly to his word. I was going to the airport and getting on the airplanes to travel, and I saw all the dog passengers, you know. And nowadays, people are bringing their dogs as airline passengers, and they're flying the pet-friendly skies. Go figure. <laughs> wow. Noah is our hero. He is in the hero's hall of faith, if you will. Hebrews eleven seven starts out, By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world. He was a preacher of righteousness. It seems to me that Noah starts building around 500 years old. He's like an old man. Maybe you feel, I'm old, I'm done, God's done with me, what can I do for the Lord? You could do great things. Why is it, as I search the scriptures, that the believers of the Bible do greater things at the end of their life than at the beginning, like Noah? Noah's going to be like the savior of the world, like a Jesus, if you will. And at 500 years old, he learns how to build a boat. And then, is it around 600 years, the flood comes. So for 100 years they're building an ark, they're building a boat in the middle of the desert. Noah, what you doing? Oh, I'm building a boat. Why, well, God told me the flood's coming. A flood? You're stupid, this is the desert. There's no floods here and God told you? Preacher of righteousness. I think they ridiculed, they mocked, they didn't believe. Oh, God is sending a flood? God's going to destroy us all. It's the end of the world. Noah, you're you're stupid. And yet it came. Preacher of righteousness. It's like us. You You may think, oh, Noah, that happened so long ago, but what does it have to do with us? Well, there's an expression, first time water, second time fire. It's coming again. With Noah, God sent the water and he cleansed the earth. In the end times, Peter says, God's going to send the fire and he's going to melt the ball, the globe, with intense heat and everything will burn on the planet earth. It's coming again. God cleansed it once. He had to purify it and wash it with water. The second time, he will burn all the sin away like a refiner's fire. It's coming again. We're in the last days. We're building an ark, if you will. We're preachers of righteousness. We're preparing for God's coming. God is coming again with another flood. Are you ready to go on the ark? This ark isn't made with wood. This ark is made out of clouds. And we will be raptured up and we're getting the heck out of Dodge because the storm is coming. And if you pay attention, you just might feel a raindrop or two. It is the last days, the last hours, the last seconds. Jesus is just at the door, we're ready, To get in our ark, driven by Jesus himself, and to go home. What does it all mean? Let Jesus end your sin. Your sin will destroy you in the end, unless you let Jesus destroy your sin. Have you ever been caught up in the most horrible sins? Your imagination, your thoughts, your drives, your ambitions, your greed, your lust, your violence, and you're like out of control. If you don't give it to Jesus, it will destroy you. You're not living, you're surviving, and your sin is ripping up your very soul. And our problem is a sin problem. My addictions, my vices, my habits, my hurts, my hang-ups. I love Celebrate Recovery. I enjoy going with believers, and they're trying to bring an end to their sin, and they're fighting it and they're calling upon the highest power. We call him the Lord God Most High, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the secret to ending your sin. Maybe you have a secret sin, a vice, a habit, this most horrible thing, it is just ripping me, it's taking control, it's like a master that is so cruel. I want to break the chains. You need to call upon the Lord God Most High. You need to lay it at the cross. You need the blood of Jesus to wash you clean. You must denounce your sin in the name of Christ. Make Jesus Savior and Lord. And follow him and walk with him every day. Like Enoch, right? Like Noah, like Elijah. Taken in the fiery chariot. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to break the chains. He came to set the captives free. He came to end my sin and its power and control over me. You can be set free if the sun sets you free. You are free indeed. You need not be under the control and the mastery and the sabotage of sin. Jesus can end the sin in your life. We used to, you know, we're talking about retreats and going to the mountaintop and being with the Lord. Many times we'd go to the retreat and we'd have a wooden cross and we'd have our little nail, our little piece of paper, and we'd write all our sins on it. You ever done this? And we folded it up and we nailed it on the cross. And it was like a visual sign. I give my sin over. I lay my burden at the cross. I nail my sin on the cross. It is dealt with, it is destroyed, and every time you confess your sins to Christ, you end them. You destroy them, you kill them, you crucify the flesh. We pick up our cross. What did Jesus say? Pick up your cross, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. That's when I end and I kill and I destroy the sins in my life. Jesus, save me. Save me from myself, right? I am my worst enemy. I don't know why we set up ourself for defeat and we sabotage ourself through our sin. Jesus can save you from yourself, from your wickedness, from your own evil. You know, I see people trying to end sin in their life. I see the criminals getting out, and they they repeat their sin. Recidivism, rate, right? And they keep going back to their evil crimes. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a man returns to his sin. It's easier for a leopard to change his spots than for a man to change his way. Leopards don't change their spots, right? And you're doing it, and you're battling it, and I'm trying to overcome, and I'm trying to change, and I'm trying to clean up my act. Can I tell you what Christianity says and what the Bible says? You can't do it, (laughs) but Jesus can. And the cross can. And it is the power of the blood. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. You must admit to God, I can't do it. God, I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit. I need the cross. I need your forgiveness. And God can do it through you. That's the secret. Break the power of sin in your life and its lasting consequences. Sin brings sickness, disease, divorce, pain. It robs us. It strings us out. It keeps us up. And in the end, it even kills us. But Jesus has come to reverse the power of sin and he promises when he comes back again, He will even resurrect us from the grave. Or if we're alive, we rapture out of here and we cheat death. God limits our sin. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, may you be the Lord God most high today. We need your power, your strength, your spirit, your blood, your word to overcome the sins, the vices, the addictions, the wickedness of our past. Set us free. Wash it away. Cleanse us. Do a restart, a do-over in our life. May we be a brand new creation in Christ. And every time we fall, may we plead the blood May we come to your throne of mercy. May we always confess every day and get back up every day and walk with you like Enoch, like righteous Noah. And may we be preachers of righteousness. May we be a people to help save those from their own wickedness. May we speak your word. May we be a witness in the way we live and how we Walk and may we build your ark and bring others with us to heaven. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.